Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the Bible study. Thank you, Lord, because you love us and you reveal your truth to us every time. We're praying, Lord, as you reveal your mind to everyone today in your word, that every one of us will take in your word, will not block your truth from our hearts. In Jesus' name, give us the grace, give us the passion, give us the zeal to seek you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, so that the benefit of studying your word will come to everyone in Jesus' name. We ask you, O Lord, that the intention of the revelation of your word for our salvation, for sanctification and holiness, and for the power of God in our lives, that intention, that purpose, you'll fulfill as we study the word in Jesus' name. Grant us the grace to always live in your presence with a heart that is fully, completely, or reservedly yielded unto you in Jesus' name. We thank you because we know you have answered. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You can sit down. We're coming to a study tonight in Galatians chapter 5. And we're reading from verse 16 all through to verse 21. That's a passage of scripture we're studying tonight. In verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 17, For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. And then in verse 18, but if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, and verse 20, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, verse 21, envies, murders, drunkenness, rebellions, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. As we look at that passage, we're looking at the determinate conflict between the spirit and the flesh. The spirit on the one hand, the Holy Ghost, and then the flesh, mankind, with its depravity and pollution. On the other hand, and the flesh fights against the spirit, 
and the spirit against the flesh so that all the works of the flesh will be subdued and the man who believes in Christ the man who is not under the bondage of sin the man who believes to the point is saved is set free and he is given the power to go and sin no more the spirit of God will walk in his life and the spirit of God will overcome all the pressure and all the pollution of the flesh in his life that's why there is a conflict a conflict between the spirit and the flesh and what determines the outcome is where you stand the determinate conflict between the spirit and the flesh as we look at the passage today we're looking at three perspective number one the decisive control of the spirit or the flesh both cannot control you at the same time both cannot control either the believer or the sinner at the same time it's either the spirit will control or the flesh will control the decisive control of the spirit or the flesh number two the damning catalog of the sins of the flesh the damning catalog of the sins of the flesh even in the new testament even under the new covenant the people that remain in all these sins of the flesh there's damnation there's judgment and there's eternal perdition for them the damning catalog of the sins of the flesh number three the desirable conversion and salvation of all flesh desirable conversion god desires our conversion and we desire our conversion and anyone that is going to get to heaven he knows that there's only one path there's only one way to get to heaven that is by the grace of god taking hold of our lives turning us around and changing our lives converting us and he gives us the salvation which is available for everyone for all flesh shall see the salvation of the lord the desirable conversion and salvation of all flesh let's look at number one number one is the decisive control of the spirit or of the flesh there are three things we're looking at here number one number one is the pure walk in the spirit without fleshly pollution number two the prevailing will in the spirit over foolish perversion number three perfect way of the spirit above false perception above false pretense let's look at number one number one is the pure walk in the spirit without fleshly pollution it says in galatians chapter 5 verse 16 this I say, 
Have you noticed how Paul the Apostle speaks with assurance? It doesn't speak with maybe or somehow, maybe it's so and maybe it's not so. If you're going to declare the gospel, if you're going to preach the word of God, you have to speak in a direct way and you have to say what you mean and mean what you say and say it in such a way that the person listening to you, the people listening to you, they will know this he has said. They will not be wondering, did he say that? Didn't he say that? Paul the apostle said, this I say, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Lord, when he saves us, when he converts us, when he transforms our lives, he wants us to walk in the spirit and not to make any provision for the works of the flesh, not to make any provision with anything coming out of the flesh. Look at Romans chapter 8, reading from verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. There's condemnation for those who are outside Christ, for those who are living in sin, for those who enjoy sin, and for those who perpetrate evil. There's condemnation for them. This is the condemnation that light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light. But when we come into the light, and when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he takes hold of us, and he changes our lives, and now the things that bring condemnation, we're free from them. And we have the testimony in our heart that we are children of God, and we're living uprightly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Verse 2 tells us that for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's what the grace of God does in our lives. He makes us free from the law, the compulsion of the works of the flesh, the law of sin. Then in verse 3 it says that for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned you see that condemned sin in the flesh in verse 4 it says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh us who walk not after the flesh those who have tasted the grace of god the goodness of god those who have the salvation of the lord us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit look at first peter chapter 4 i'm reading from verse 1 in first peter chapter 4 verse 1 for as much then as christ has suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves likewise with the same mind 
for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, has stopped sinning. He's seen the bar and he's seen the word in clear letters stop because salvation brings that ceasing, that stopping from sinning. And the things we used to do, we do them no more because we've seen the sign. We're on the road to heaven. And on the road to heaven, that narrow path that leads to heaven, there is that word that you cannot mistake, that you cannot miss. Stop. And you stop the way of sinning because a new life has now come. I pray that that grace, that strength, that determination, that decision to stop the way of sinning, I pray that will be done in every life in Jesus' name. Look at verse 2. It says in verse 2 that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men but now to the will of God I pray that God will give us proper understanding sick souls righteous people godly people those who are children of God that will stop sinning and live for God all the days of our lives in Jesus' name. Let's look at number two here. Number two is the prevailing will in the spirit over foolish perversion. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit. That word lusteth there means desires. The, the flesh desires something against the spirit look at then the next line and the spirit against the flesh also the spirit of god desires the way of uprightness and the way of righteousness against the flesh it says and these are contrary one to the other the way of the spirit is contrary to the way of the flesh the way of the lord is contrary to the way of the lost of the people of the world they're contrary one to the other and then it says so that ye cannot do the things ye would what does that mean here is the man and the man generally, normally, will lean towards the flesh and towards the poverty and towards the old creation. But now the Spirit of God has come and salvation has come. And because of that, he cannot do what he wants to do, naturally leaning to the flesh because the spirit is taking control. When the spirit of God takes control of our lives, when the spirit of God is in charge of our lives, then the things we used to do, the things we wanted to do, the, the normal leanings of the flesh, we cannot do that anymore because the spirit who was against the flesh he is in control he'll be in control in your life 
anywhere, everywhere. He'll be in control in your life in Jesus' name. In John chapter 3, reading from verse 6, John 3, 6, it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the flesh, and it has only one birthday, natural birthday physical birthday and it says i was born at this time born by father and mother flesh and flesh that which is born of the flesh is flesh it will do the works of the flesh it will walk the way of the flesh it will practice the lust of the flesh because it's only born of the flesh and then it says that which is born of the spirit is spirit when you repent of your sin and you turn to the lord with all your heart all your soul and all your mind and there's no reservation and you didn't forget anything in the world that you want to go and pick up again you have turned to the lord and you have given yourself to the lord and completely and totally you belong to the lord and there's no rival the lord is in control of your life the spirit of god is in control of your life you are born of the spirit and internally your heart your soul your mind everything is given to the lord and the spirit of god has washed you and cleansed you and forgiven you a real change a definite change as happened in your life he that is born of the spirit a spirit look at verse 7 in verse 7 marvel not that i said unto thee ye must be born again he was talking to a religious man religion is different from being born again he was talking to somebody who said i'm a son of abraham i'm a son of somebody who is faithful to god that one doesn't bring you into the kingdom you have to be born again by yourself he was talking to somebody that knew some of the scriptures even memorized some of the scriptures the scripture may be in the head it may be in the brain but you still must be born again he was talking to a ruler he was talking to a religious leader and that religious leader had not been born again only religion religious leader but jesus said ye must be born again it tells us in verse 8 in verse 8 the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone, so is everyone, whether in the first century or in this century that we live in now, so is everyone, whether in this church or any other church, so is everyone, everyone at the beginning of deeper life or at this level of deeper life, everyone, so is everyone that is born of the spirit being born of the spirit is the same at the time of jesus and at our own time when we're born again as a little child our lives become different 
as a youth our lives become different as a young adults when we're truly born again our lives will become different as fathers and mothers our lives will be different he says so is everyone everyone in every nation everyone on the face of the earth everyone that is born of the spirit there'll be a change he tells us in romans chapter 8 and i'm reading from verse 5 romans chapter 8 verse 5 for they that are in the flesh do mind the things of the flesh those who have not been born again they're only born of the flesh their lives have not been turned around. The Spirit of God has not operated in them to make them a new creature in Christ. All those people, they that are after the flesh, do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You can see very clearly the difference between those who are not born again and they're still in the flesh and the people who are born again and they are in the Spirit. In fact, it tells us in verse 6, it says in verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace so are not born again they are carnal they're willful they're sinful they are fleshly and they have the loss of the flesh and because of the carnality in their lives they're not acceptable in the sight of god as children of god they mind the things of the flesh and that is deadly but it says to be spiritually minded after we are born again and the spirit of god is in control he leads us he speaks to us he directs us he instructs us he inspires us there is life and peace then in verse 7 in verse 7 it says because the carnal mind is enmity against God. He hates sound doctrine. The carnal mind, he hates the way of the Lord. He hates the narrow path that leads to heaven. He hates the condition of God in our getting into the kingdom and remaining abiding in the kingdom because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject, it is not submissive to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And then he tells us in verse 8, he says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are not born again, they are in the flesh, they cannot please God. Whatever they do is not pleasing unto God. And what, however they behave is not pleasing unto God. Why? They are in the flesh. Whether they are young or they are old, whether they are men or they are women, whether they are married or they are not married, whether they are in a profession in the marketplace or anywhere they are, those who are not born again in the office, they can't do right, they cannot please God, and in their home and their behavior cannot please the Lord, they will keep on doing things that are not approved of God because they're in the flesh. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And then in verse 9, it says, But ye are not in the flesh, 
but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of god dwell in you uh, every time uh, you want to do this if you are born again the spirit of god dwells in you it says no you cannot say that no you cannot go that direction no you cannot behave like that why he's resident in you he abides in you he dwells in you so it says if so be that the spirit of god dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ if any boy any girl any woman any man anyone any person if anyone have not the spirit of Christ is not born again although he may answer denomination although he may say I belong to this church I belong to that church if any man have not the spirit of Christ is none of his and if Christ comes and he meets such a person in such a condition, although he says, I'm a church man, I'm a church woman, I'm a church boy, I'm a church girl, whatever testimony, if any man does not have the spirit of God, he is none of his. We're looking at number three here. Number three, we're looking at perfect way of the spirit above false perception perfect way of the spirit above and beyond false perception galatians chapter 5 we're reading from verse 18 but if you be led of the spirit you are not under the law if you be led by the holy spirit the Holy Spirit will not lead you to anything unholy. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to anything unrighteous. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to anything ungodly. The Holy Spirit will not lead you to anything defiling anything that is evil anything that is carnal the holy spirit can only lead you in the way that is holy in the way that is righteous in the way that is godly but if he be led of the spirit the holy spirit leads us according to the holy scriptures if you are born again and the spirit of god abides in you the holy spirit and the scripture they work together the holy spirit and the scripture they align together and if the holy spirit is leading you he lead you according to the scriptures because jesus said even the spirit of truth that the world cannot receive but ye know him for he is with you and he will be in you and when that spirit is come the spirit of truth he will remind you of all that have taught you all that have spoken unto you and he will guide you lead you into all truth when the spirit of god is leading us he's going to lead us according to the word of god if he's leading you in marriage 
a believer he'll not lead you to an unbeliever because the holy spirit will lead us according to the holy scriptures if you're going to come into business it's not going to lead you to align and to join and to have a covenant with an unbeliever where someone does not know the lord because the holy spirit will lead us according to the word of god if it's going to lead you to have a friend a bosom friend that we are sharing heart to heart together the holy spirit is not going to guide you and lead you to have a non-believer an idol worshiper a real sinner that you are like this so joined together because it is not according to the will of god it says be ye separate says the lord and then i'll be your father and you'll be my sons and my daughters says the lord when we're guided by the holy spirit we're guided according to the word of god you know when somebody says uh, we say why are you doing this said the spirit they told me so but look at the bible that thing is contrary to the bible the holy spirit cannot lead you so why are you talking like that i'm not the one talking in the holy spirit uh -uh. the holy spirit cannot make you talk like that look at what the bible said the word of god the word of god tells us the spirit will lead us in line with the scripture it says but if ye be led of the spirit ye are not under the law it tells us in romans chapter 8 verse 14 romans chapter 8 reading from verse 14 but as many as are led by the spirit of god when last were you led by the spirit of god in your decisions in your outfit in your interactions in the places you go in the choice you make can you tell of definite leading by the spirit of god in all i'm going to live there i'm going to change accommodation i'm going to change this i'm going to change that i will do that i will not do that can you tell us how you are led by the spirit of god a person that has the spirit of god resident in him permanently dwelling with him he is led every day is led in every decision is led in every program everything he lays his hands upon because as many as are led by the spirit of god they are the sons of god if you are living your life independent of the scripture you're living your life independent of the spirit of god you're leading your life independent of christ our savior how can you claim to be a child of god to be a child of god we're led in everything at every time by the spirit of god and then in verse 15 it says in verse 15 for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry abba father and then in verse 16 the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit 
you do something and it's the witness of the spirit of god i led you that way you go somewhere and the outcome shows that the lord has led you and the spirit bears witness i led you and you put your hand on the project and then from the outcome the lord is what he says i led you in that way the people who have that understanding that the spirit of god is leading them every time the spirit bear it witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you say you are a child of God, but the Spirit of God says, I don't know about that, and the scripture doesn't support your testimony, where do you stand? If you say you are a child of God, the Spirit of God must guide, must lead in the path of righteousness every time. And then in verse 17, in verse 17 it says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. I pray the Lord will keep on leading every one of us in the path of righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 143, we're reading from verse 8. Psalm 143, verse 8, cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, and in thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. That's a desire, that's a prayer. That's the petition, that's the demand of a real child of God. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. For I lift up my soul unto thee. Look at verse 10. In verse 10, it tells us, teach me to do thy will. Teach me to do thy will. Every time you are coming to the Lord and you are saying, I don't know enough. I don't know tomorrow. I don't know what the outcome of this decision will be. But you know tomorrow from today. You know the end from the beginning. Because of that, teach me to do thy will. Not only to know thy will. It's one thing to know the will of God. It's another thing to do that will of God. But teach me to do thy will. For thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. We're coming to point number two here. Point number two, the damning catalog of the sins of the flesh. There are three things we're looking at here. Number one, the defiling works and sins of the flesh. Number two, the destructive ways and stains of the fleshly number three our diligent watchfulness and separation from all filthiness let's look at number one number one the defiling works and sins of the flesh in galatians chapter 5 reading from verse 17 for the flesh lost against the spirit 
and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary one to the other so that ye cannot do the things ye would look at verse 18 in verse 18 but if ye be led of the spirit ye are not under the Lord then verse 19 it says in verse 19 now the works of the flesh are manifest now at that time now yesterday now today now tomorrow now the people who are present in any generation at any time it's there now and what the lord is telling us the scripture is timeless the scripture remains the same heaven and earth may pass away but the word of god will not pass away what paul the apostle by the spirit of god said at that time now is still saying today by the spirit of god now now the works of the flesh are manifest which are these the works of the flesh adultery that's not the work of the spirit you cannot say the lord led me to adultery and then fornication you cannot say i'm not doing it by myself it's the lord that led me as i pray as i read the word of god as i become more matured in the lord as i yield to the spirit of god the lord led me the spirit led me to fornication that will be blasphemy it is the work of the flesh and it is the loss and the desire of the flesh that leads people to that uncleanness unclean language unclean action unclean dressing a kind of dressing that exposes uh, your anatomy and your uh, your part the parts of your body that will bring temptation and defilement into other people's minds uncleanness unclean writing unclean video unclean things pornography all those things that are the works of the flesh and then it says lasciviousness the people who just they just sell themselves into doing evil into the works of uh, the flesh there is no limit there's no check there is no break they, they just push into it and they're swimming in all that evil thing it says they are the works of the flesh and they defile the man and they defile the woman the man may say i'm a man of grace if you have the works of the flesh man of grace you are defiled the woman may say i'm a woman of prayer woman of prayer if you have all this adultery fornication uncleanness lasciviousness you are defiled the person may say i'm a prayer warrior prayer warrior if you have this in your life in the secret part of your life you are defiled the defiling wars and sins of the flesh listen to jesus as he tells us in mark chapter 7 verse 21 mark chapter 7 verse 21 for from within out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts those are the words of jesus and then adulteries in the plural different kinds of adultery fornications and murders in verse 22 it says thefts those who are stealing and they're saying i steal but my heart does not condemn me that's a hardened heart 
That's a stony heart. That's a seared heart. That heart is seared with hot iron. If you steal, if you commit adultery, if you commit fornication, my, my heart does not condemn me because I depend on the grace of God. That grace is a kind of... Um, kind of a rotting grace that's not grace coming from heaven when grace comes into your life it says the grace of god has appeared unto all men and giving us leading us to the way of salvation and it teaches us to live righteously and godly in this present world the grace of god does not excuse sin and so if you have said stealing covetousness wickedness deceit let's Chiviousness and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, and foolishness. You cannot claim you are living by the grace of God. It says in verse 23, it says, All these evil things, the words of Christ. Christ said, All those works of the flesh, they're evil things, all these evil things come from within and they defile the man. I pray God Himself will cleanse us from everything will not be defiled in jesus name i will not be defiled by any of the works of the flesh and you live pure and live righteous in the sight of the lord we're coming to number two there number two here is the destructive ways and stays of the fleshly it tells us in first peter reading from chapter 2 and verse 11 it says in first peter chapter 2 verse 11 dearly beloved i beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul these are the apostles that taught us the way of salvation. These are the apostles, Paul, Peter, John, the rest of them, that showed unto us the proper way and the path to get to heaven. What do we know then? How can we model up the watch of God, turn upside down the watch of God and say that we can still continue in the works of the flesh and it doesn't matter. We have got this super grace doctrine that shows we'll still get to heaven. Look at this, dearly beloved. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly laws which war against the soul. It tells us in Romans chapter 3, and I'm reading from verse 12. In Romans chapter 3 verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good no not one he doesn't want us to remain in that condition not going good not talking well not acting well not dressing well as christians not covering our nakedness but you know copying all the people of the world and the fashion of the world he wants us to be profitable in the kingdom of god and when we act anyhow and behave anyway and we justify that we become unprofitable in the kingdom look at verse 13 
in verse 13 their throat is an open sepulcher with their tongues they have used the seed the poison of us is under their leaves in verse 14 it says whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness verse 15 it says their feet are swift to shed blood verse 16 it says destruction and misery are in their ways 17 it says on the way of peace they have not known that means they are not saved when we're saved we're justified and then we come into the peace of God you see being justified by faith we have peace with God saved by the grace of God saved by the sacrificial submission substitution of Christ we have peace with God but all these that have these things it says they do not know the way of the Lord. We're looking at Second Peter chapter two verse one. In Second Peter chapter two verse one, and there were but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately, privately shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Swift destruction. Those who live the path of righteousness and the way of peace and the way of uh, the, the, the calling of God and they go into the works of the flesh. It says they will not inherit the kingdom of God and they bring upon themselves swift destruction. We'll come to point number three. Point number three, we're looking at our diligent watchfulness and separation from all filthiness. Our diligent watchfulness and separation from all filthiness. It tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, reading from verse 4. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4 neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, neither filthiness. Now, a real child of God does not gamble with his salvation. A real child of God does not play games with the devil. A real child of God will not play games with the lust of the flesh. That the man, the young man, or older man, even married man, is touching, uh, you know, the, the girl or the lady or maybe another woman who is married. And uh, the, the woman says, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? I'm, I'm just playing. We don't play with fornication. We don't gamble our souls with immorality. It says, neither filthiness. Then it says, no foolish talking. The people that choose the slangs of the world, the language of the world, and the things that should a real believer, child of God, who has been separated from the world all these many years, when he hears that, that is strange. That is strange. It is not the language of the kingdom. It is not the utterance of righteous people, of heavenly minded people. We do not have foolish talking. And then you are talking the man to the woman, and you are hearing things that 
you have seen i thought this man was born again i thought uh, this uh, woman was born again look at the filthy language and look at the suggestive language that she said uh, you know you seen it talking to me i i don't know whether you for the believers are here or the believers can hear this a child of god does not trade in filthiness, no, in foolish talking, not jesting. Uh -huh. I, was, I was just playing. We don't play with the instruments of the devil. We don't play with the lust of the flesh. It says neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. And then in verse 5, it says, For this ye know that no monger, no unclean person, no covetous man or woman or boy or girl who is an idolater. A covetous man is an idolater. What does that mean? He loves money more than God. Money is his idol. He loves worldly dressing more than he loves God. The worldly dressing is the idol. He loves friendship and fellowship with dubious people, deceptive people. That thing that he loves becomes the idol because he loves that thing more than God. He loves the company of evil doers more than he loves the fellowship of the people of God. That company of evil doers then becomes the idol. He says, you know, a covetous man who who is an idolater as any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Then in verse 6, it says, Let no man deceive you with vain words. We have to watch our lives. There's watchfulness. There are people that, you know, somebody comes to them, do this, then they do it. Actually, if you didn't have any evil inside you, if somebody came from outside and he suggests for you to do evil, your mind cannot do that. It's like, you know, somebody comes with fish and says, the fish shall fly. There is nothing in that fish that can fly, so the fish will not be able to obey that. And there's something that somebody comes with bird, and instead of telling the bird to fly, it says, dip yourself into the river and be swimming. The bird says, I cannot because there is not that instinct in me to do that. When some Somebody comes to you and he suggests that why don't you do this to tease somebody, to torture somebody, to torment somebody, to tempt somebody, to test somebody. If that thing was not in you yourself, you cannot do that. And so is when you are born again, you're a real child of God. Somebody coming from outside, a friend, a neighbor, a so-called brother, a so-called sister is influencing you to do evil. You cannot, if the evil were not 
in you. And so when we are saved, when we are born again, we are real children of God. And if we have a lost and evil desire and filthiness and lying and deception and evil, it says, let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. It tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, reading from verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, we're looking at verse 1. Have been there for these promises, dearly beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh what the promise of god he wants us to get to heaven god is not willing that anyone should perish but that all should come to repentance he loves us and he sent jesus christ and he said whosoever shall call on the name of the lord shall be saved having all these promises deadly beloved let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit Perfecting holiness, not polluting holiness, perfecting holiness, not avoiding holiness, perfecting holiness, not trampling on holiness, perfecting holiness, not criticizing or opposing holiness. If we're going to get your heaven, we already know it says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And we have that holiness as we come to the Lord and it transforms our lives. And then from there, we go for sanctification. It sanctifies or purifies their hearts by faith and we remain in that purity of heart, holiness of heart. And we keep on improving we keep on increasing perfecting holiness in the fear of god we come to point number three here point number three the desirable conversion and salvation of all flesh the desirable conversion and salvation of all flesh we're looking at this in three perspectives number one the sinful souls who will not inherit god's kingdom number two the saved souls who inherit god's kingdom number three the steadfast saints who have inherited God's kingdom. Look at number one. Number one, the sinful souls who will not inherit God's kingdom. We're coming to Galatians chapter 5 and we're reading from verse 21. Galatians 5 and 21 envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before. As I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It talks about envies in the plural. Envying people because of their position. Envying people because of their property. 
envying people because of the setup of their families, envying people because of their husbands, envying people because of their wives, envying people because of maybe their place of work, envying people for what they have that you don't have. And it says that kind of envy envying other people and then you're running the rat race i want to be better than him i want to be higher than her and you're competing all your life it says all that will make you miss the kingdom of god of mothers the people who kill individuals or persons other people kill the character other people kill and they scatter others' families. They kill. Other people kill the courage of others and they kill the standing of others and they so deplete them and so destroy them that those people, although they are living, they are next to nothing. It talks about drunkenness. Drinking and being drunk with alcohol and drunk with beer and drunk with palm wine and drunk with or whatever it is they're drinking that they become addicted to that kind of uh, drinking and rebellious they must uh, you know go the way of the world and have all their drumming all their dancing and all their merriment and you know half naked and all that he says all that traveling and such like and things like that of the which i tell you before the judgment day is coming and i tell you before the judgment day as i have told you in time past and paul the apostle said it's not about changing it's not about modifying his message what he said before i told you before and i tell you now again it says that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of god in first corinthians chapter 6 6 we're reading from verse 9 first corinthians chapter 6 reading from verse 9 it says know ye not you ought to know know ye not you know it now know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of god be not deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor the effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Verse 10, no thieves, no covetous, no drunkards, no revilers, no extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. It says they will not. Look at verse 11, and such were some of you. But ye are washed. He wants us to come before the Lord. After the hearing of the word of God, he doesn't want us rushing out, rushing out. Because if you hear and you don't pray, there'll be no grace to be and to do and to experience what you have heard. If we hear and then when they hurry and we're making signs so that, uh, you know, all that press, you know, press, enough, let us go. The Lord will not be able to work a transforming work in our lives. It says such was some of few but she are washed but she are sanctified but she are justified in the name of the lord jesus and by the spirit of our 
God. I pray that work will be done in every heart in Jesus' name. Revelation chapter 21, I'm reading from verse 8. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and all mongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth to a fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Verse 27. In verse 27, and there shall in no wise enter in into it anything, anyone that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, manufactures a lie, and deals out lie in all his dealings, but they that which are written in the last book of life. We'll come to number two here. Number two, the saved souls who inherit God's kingdom. The saved souls who inherit God's kingdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, reading from verse 9 again, it tells us, it says, know ye not that the righteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, verse 10, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then in verse 11, and such were some of you. But ye are washed. That's what it takes. We must be washed and cleansed from all the defilement of the flesh. But ye are washed. And then it says, but ye are sanctified. He wants to purify us. He wants to sanctify us. He wants to make new creatures in the new covenant with us. So that our thoughts are new. Our hearts are new. Our dispositions are new. Our plans are new. Everything we do, everything has become totally new. Our dressing, new. Our outfit, new. And we're not interested in tempting anybody, in making anybody to fall. We're not interested in defiling anyone. We're on our way to heaven. We're sanctified. We're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long suffering towards what, not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want the sinner to perish. He does not want the backslider to perish. He does not want the Jonah to perish. He does not want the one who knew the Lord before, but now is turned back into the old ways. He doesn't want that person to perish. He doesn't want the prodigal son to perish, the prodigal preacher to perish. He does not want anyone who had been in the Lord, who believed in holiness and righteousness from the death of his son. 
but now it's superficial he doesn't believe in that holiness and righteousness anymore he doesn't want any of the people to perish he doesn't want the people who have left their false love to perish he wants them to come back to remember and then to pray and repent and reconcile reunite with god again because it's not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but his long suffering towards world not willing that any shall perish but that all shall come to repentance that all should come to repentance look at number three here number three here we're looking at the steadfast saints who have inherited god's kingdom yeah, to inherit god's kingdom we need to be saved and remain saved steadfastly sanctified and remain steadfastly sanctified obedient to the lord and remain steadfastly obedient unto the lord the steadfast saints who have inherited god's kingdom in hebrews chapter 6 i'm reading from verse 11 hebrews chapter 6 we're looking at verse 11 and we desire that every one of you should show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end the lord jesus said because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold but he that shall endure unto the end the same shall be saved and the lord is saying here he wants us to have the full assurance of hope unto the end look at verse 12 in verse 12 that ye be not slothful ye be not slothful in prayer ye be not slothful in seeking the lord ye should not be slothful or delay in surrendering consecrating everything to the lord that ye should not be slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience faith and perseverance faith and pursuing faith and persistence inherit the promises it tells us in chapter 12 hebrews chapter 12 reading from verse 1 it says where foreseen we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight let us lay aside every weight and the sin we do so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is said before us then in verse 2 it says looking unto jesus who is able to save to the uttermost looking unto jesus who is able to restore the backslider looking unto jesus who is able to sanctify and purify and make us holy through and through looking unto jesus who is able to succor us and support us and sustain us looking unto jesus who is able to keep us separate from the world looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god i pray he will keep you he will keep me 
uh, keep us in Jesus' name. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, we're reading from verse 3. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're reading from verse 3. It says, we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Your faith that God's salvation groweth exceedingly. So you have steady, steadfast assurance. Your faith by which your heart was purified, that faith groweth exceedingly. Your faith that had confidence in God and you laid everything on the altar and you said, I will follow the Lord all the days of my life. I will not look back. That faith groweth exceedingly. Your faith in expectation of the coming of the Lord, that when the Lord shall come, the dead in Christ shall rise and we which are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord your faith for that expectation of the coming of the Lord that faith groweth exceedingly your faith when you have a problem a problem of storm a problem of sickness a problem of difficulty your faith still keeping on and looking on to the Lord and you're not allow your people to say I, since you have prayed and uh, you know people have prayed and you have not been healed let us carry you to the idol worship let us carry you to, you know, one per pass or what. Your faith that you'll say, no, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to end my life depending on herbalists and depending on all those uh, people that do not have the gospel. You stand, whatever is coming, you know that your God is on the throne. He has promised and they will not fail. That faith is steadfast. That faith is firm. Your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounded faith and hope and charity everything abounded in the Lord and then when the Lord shall come he finds you you are still standing and you're still walking in that path of righteousness that leads to heaven and you're still in that holiness inside that holiness and the holiness is inside you and you are living and moving and walking and acting and doing everything that you do in that holiness without which no man shall see the lord and you are steadfast in that and you are steady in that and you remain firm in that when the lord shall come you'll not be found wanting in jesus name we're bound to give thanks to god always 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 for you brethren as it is right as it is suitable as it is meet because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity the love of every one of you of you all toward each other abounded i pray that all that we have learned today the lord will register in every heart in jesus name he'll write on the tables of our hearts in jesus name and whatever needs to be done of the oppression of grace in our heart even tonight before we go as you pray the lord will do it 
I said, the Lord will do it. Let's rise up now and talk to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, here we are. Here I am. Here I am. I present my heart. I present my personality. I present my experience before you. I want to be the man you called me to be saved steadfast in the Lord and walking on in the way of the Lord. Open your mouth and pray unto the Lord. Is the Spirit controlling your life? Is the Spirit resident in your heart? Are you being led day by day and moment by moment in every situation, in every decision? Are you being led by the Spirit of God? As many as alleged by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. The people who oppose the Spirit, they hold back from the Spirit, they do not follow the leading of the Spirit, they dodge the control of the Spirit, they are not children of God. But when you repent, and the Lord reveals anything to you and say, Lord, I'm guilty of that. Lord, I need to repent of that. Lord, I need to yield, give up that. And you come to seek the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Nothing reserved. Nothing kept away from the convicting spirit of the Lord. Then the Lord will have mercy. He'll wash you. He'll cleanse you with the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Christ, the blood of Jesus. And you shall seek me and find me. When you shall search for me with all your heart, all your heart, Seek him with all your heart. If you have strayed away, if you have gone astray, if you have gone into the works of the flesh that will not profit you, you are calling upon the Lord and you are saying, Lord, here am I. Heaven is my goal. Wash me. Cleanse me. Turn my life around. Pilgrims, strangers in this world, those worldly, fleshly lusts that war against your soul, you say, Oh Lord. I'll not allow the flesh to pull me down, drag me to hell. I want to belong to you fully, spirit, soul, and body. In the public, in the private, I want to fully belong to you. I don't want my life to be partially controlled by the world, by the flesh, by the devil. I want to be fully, completely, 
wholeheartedly controlled by you. And so I surrender myself unto you. I submit myself completely unto you. And the way of righteousness, the narrow path, you have paved before me by your grace with diligence and determination I'll follow through the carnal mind is enmity with God against God against the doctrines of the world the carnal mind is at enmity with the revelation of God Lord, take that carnality away from me. Help me have the genuine experience of salvation. A new creature in Christ. Old things passed away. All things new new heart new thoughts new direction in life new disposition new commitment a new way of life Dedicated unto you completely. Devoted unto you unreservedly. When temptation comes, when the allurements of the flesh comes you'll see that big sign in your mind's eye stop and you listen to the voice that speaks from heaven that any of those works of the flesh will not rule your life will not control your life will not corrupt your life you'll be watchful diligently watchful prayerful diligently prayerful all sinful practices be cancelled from your life and you live a conquering life
And you always have it in your mind. I must not miss the kingdom of God. I will inherit the kingdom of God. Are you follow after Christ? Walking the footsteps of Christ. Living as he would live. Talking as he would talk. Loving as he would love. Yielded to God as he yielded to God. Allowing nothing to make you turn back from the way of the Spirit to the works of the flesh. Watchful, ready every time. For when the Lord will come for his saints, Let the Spirit of God bear witness with your spirit that you are saved, that you are restored, that you are standing, that you are cleansed, that you are under the control of the Spirit of God. Let the Spirit of God bear witness with your heart that the works of the flesh are all weakened and the resolve of your soul is strengthened, strengthened to serve the Lord in holiness righteousness before God all the days of your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your revelation. I will thank you for your purpose of revealing your mind to us. You love us. You want us in heaven at last. We pray, Lord, that the flesh, the world, 
the devil will not truncate your will, your purpose for our lives in Jesus' name. That our own personality, depravity, carnality, our own disposition will not hinder us from getting to heaven at last in Jesus' name. We pray that your real grace that saves, that sanctifies, that strengthens, that that grace will work in every life very clearly and perfectly in Jesus' name. That everywhere we find ourselves, in church, at home, in the office, in the marketplace, on the road, anywhere, everywhere, your spirit will remind us of the standard of the word of God. And we will walk according to your leading and guidance in the scriptures in Jesus' name. Let your grace abide in every life. The grace to live. The grace to do. The grace to abide. And the grace to keep on in obedience and faithfulness to you all the days of our lives in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord, not to play, not to gamble with our salvation our sanctification and our ticket to heaven in jesus name we pray that the experiences you've given us will not treat those experiences with anything in the world we'll follow you all the way through we'll abide in your word all the way through abide in righteousness and holiness all the way through Thank you, Lord, because we know you have answered. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.